Hi, guys. Okay, well, welcome. This is Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays, and it's Monday today, guys. Full disclosure, we're in the time machine. We will be publishing this on Thursday. I am your host, Brooke Hammerling. We are doing this live from the Future Proof Festival in Huntington Beach, California, and I am here with an esteemed guest in person. This is my first in-person pod with a friend that I met for the first time in real life last night, but we have been friends on social for quite a while. We'll get into it. And it is Mick Batiski, and unlike Mick Jagger, he actually just goes by Mick. He is just Mick. He is the only Mick, as far as I'm concerned. Is that right? I feel like I you're. So, yeah. yeah, I think so. Just like I had trauma as a kid. Like people saying the Mickey Mouse song to me. Oh no! Time. I want to so, get into yeah, all yeah, of yeah. you. So like I had to like flip that. You had to flip it. So you are Mick. Mick is a DJ, and he's the DJ of the festival. He is a famous DJ. He has DJed for, I mean, you've DJed for Jay-Z, right? You've DJed. Long time ago, but yeah. Long, okay, but it happened. It, it did happen. Who here could say they wiki, DJed so. for Jay-Z? Yeah, so. You've seen him. He has been in some of the places you've been, events-wise, celebrity-wise. He's an incredible DJ, but also... He is an angel investor. He has been part of the campaign of one of our clients, public.com. I've seen you all over taxis in New York City. And they're here today, too. They are. We just had Life, the co founder and co CEO of Public, speak with Josh Brown. And you are also an advisor to startups. So, I mean, if you're not a multi hyphenate, I don't know what is DJ, advisor, investor, extraordinaire. Dad. Dad, of course, husband and dad, those are the most important ones, let's be clear. Your son is how old now? He's seven. Seven. Yeah, he's my bestie. He's awesome. That's shout out amazing. to Miles. He's not going to listen, but like... Hi, Miles. Shout out to Miles, anyways. I'm, I've seen Miles. So, Mick and I met, and I'm going to do a shout out to our girl, Britt Morgan-Sachs. Love Britt. That Brit, she's our number one fan. She introduced Mick and I years and years ago when she was working at Spotify and you were involved with Spotify. And um, I remember, I didn't realize how big a deal it was when I was like, oh shit, I need a playlist for a party and da 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 da. And she's like, oh, I bet Mick can get it. And I was like, cool, who's Mick? And then I see you have like hundreds of thousands of people that follow you and we have this like playlist that you put together. But what I thought was so interesting is that you are really connected into the tech world and the fintech world and all of that. But I want to start, this is a pop culture and podcast, but we're going to talk about the newsletter that came out this week in a minute. But I thought we could first talk about what Mick is doing, like how you work, pop culture, music, DJs, like how did it all begin? How do you become a DJ? And especially as you're in my, you're in your forties, so this oh. is not something that is like you spawned out of TikTok and right. are now a creator DJ. You're a DJ's DJ. Tell me about how does one start? How did you start? I'm really glad I'm not a TikTok DJ. <laughs> I don't have abs or hair, so I'm kind of fucked. <laughs> uh, but I mean, there's I guess, AI for but that. But DJs though. like me, so I'm a DJ's DJ. Yeah, you're a DJ's um, DJ. Yeah, so I mean, for me, my DJing career started kind of accidentally. I was a high school kid, 
playing in marching bands and jazz bands and rock bands and all of that. And I was also like a nerd. And I fell in love with like 90s hip hop, like a lot of people do. It was a great entry level. Like this drug. was in the 90s. Yeah, in in in, like, in, real, in real time. In yeah, real yeah, time. in real time. In an, in an analog format. At the height of yeah, height yeah. of, of hip hop of that. It was moment. an incredible time in, in music, and for me, musically. I grew up like, okay, so you have to hear, imagine like I was a really nerdy, dorky, unsophisticated high school senior with like about two friends, crazy parents. Where was this? uh, In the middle of Ohio, Youngstown, Ohio. And um, I would come home from school and I didn't have any friends. So like I would just go downstairs and like play my drums. And I would play drums with my Walkman on. That's how old Walkmans. I would have been your friend. I would have been your girlfriend. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know. I didn't have a girlfriend until I was like... 20 it was crazy uh and so anyways and now i just like get divorced and married every other year so it's fucking great <laughs> like i just like made up for that uh, but 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 so i would come home from school right and i would and i would um music was so beautiful i would like some days i'd play my drums to like like tribe called quest and some days i'd play my drums to like beastie boys check your head or then i'd play my drums to like nwa then i'd play my drums to like nirvana nice. and i was like this is just such a fascinating era because all these subcultures were becoming pop culture to bring it back to like pop culture yeah. And, and I was just like, I just fell in love with music, like in a whole new way. And then I, um, when I went to college, I couldn't bring my drums. I thought about bringing drums into a dorm room and the school was just like, no. Not going like, to happen. Did you have a roommate? Yeah, I had a roommate. Like, I, had, I had ended up buying him out after two years. Like I, I like just paid for him to like not be my roommate. And uh, so I could have all the room because I came to college with two crates of records. And then by my junior year, I had a whole dorm room to the ceiling of records. And my senior year, I had to get an apartment off campus because I had like a whole living room of records. Uh, it just kept growing and growing. And now I have about. And you taught yourself. Yeah, I taught myself. Wow. Uh, no YouTube, no. But yeah, it's not like the kids in front of TikTok now and they like doing all of the like, look at me, I'm turning all the knobs and I've got my glitter headphones. But I would say, though, like as a musician before I was a DJ, it was very, 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 very easy for me to become a DJ because like I had like a wide n- musical knowledge and I also had uh, the ability to play instruments, specifically drums and piano, which lend themselves very well to DJing, which is why you see guys like Questlove and stuff like who transition from drumming to DJing. It's a very similar skill set. And if you could right. do if, in drumming, way harder than DJ. Right. So like if you could do that, you can easily do it. As Jeff Tweedy famously said, I fell in love with a drummer, another and another. It's a Wilco song. I there have been a few drummers I've fallen in love with and bass players and lead singers. So I, I find drumming the most interesting of it's a, it's a great uh, it's a great cardio workout. It's great. I mean I the bodies anymore, are amazing. Like, yeah. We actually talked about it in this week's Pop Culture Mondays uh, newsletter, which was my one regret, one of my bigger life regrets just happened uh, last week, and that was I was in London. I was asked to stay for the Foo Fighters tribute concert to Taylor, and I was like, oh, you know, I, my, I'd have to change my flight. I'd have to get the dog sitter to stay with Potato another day, and I just was like, it's too much, and I fly home only to be like shown all of the the footage from the concert. Like, who has not cried when they saw that video his of his son, his son playing the drums? It's, 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 it's crazy. It's haunting. It's yeah. beautiful. It's like hair on the back of your neck. And you don't need to be a Foo Fighters fan or even a rock and roll fan to appreciate it. And the technique, and it's just like the spirit of Taylor was in his son that moment. I went down a rabbit hole after that, and then I watched like Led Zeppelin getting inducted into something in like 2012. It was like, I think it was in DC. And like then um, they had the whole tribute to them, which was 
actually Foo Fighters, I believe, were part of it. Yeah. Taylor Hawkins actually sang because his voice was more similar to the Led Zeppelin tones. He was but a great But then singer. they had another song come out where John Bonham's son came out and played drums with like... Uh, Who looks, by the way, just uh, like and, Taylor. And, 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 that yeah, guy, it, it was John Bonham's son, people thought was actually the tribute because it's like he looked so much like Taylor. Oh, really? I did. It, was just, it was just crazy. It's like all these legendary icons die and then their kids like step up. Take and, it. And, take the, and it's almost like like a superhero story in a lot of ways where like oh my dad was Batman and he dies and then I'm going to take up the mantle it's like it's a fascinating sort of what a beautiful way to put it I just want to get a little bit more on the DJing side and then talk a little bit about the newsletter but you so you from college you go from getting your your roommate out to having your own apartment because you have so many records how do you transition that into a career like, what a lucky thing to be able to, like... Yeah, it was a lot of luck. Like, I mean, work. you know, DJing wasn't considered an actual job at the time. Like, uh, it, was, it wasn't considered a career. It was a job. It wasn't a career. It was a side hustle before we were, like, publicizing side hustles as things that we should, we should all do. It was just... Side hustles were just things you did because you had to do shit to pay your bills. Right. It wasn't, like, this glamorous, like, side hustle culture. You were doing and it till you had, like, was, a real job or Yeah, something? yeah, yeah. So, I was... Um, I graduated college and... I didn't want to get a real job. And, you know, I, I just I'm really grateful for the timing of how all this unfolded, because where we were at as a society from a, I, I just got a marketing degree. This was 2000. Right. So this is like pre 9-11. This is like the Internet's still brand new. Social didn't exist. Uh, marketing as a cool cultural thing didn't really exist yet at that point. So the idea of going and getting a marketing job meant you're sitting in a cubicle at yep. like Goodyear Tire. Like, you know, doing charts. It wasn't My like... My first year working in, in PR, I was sitting at a desk formatting press releases to fit onto letterhead. And I would spend all day trying to get a press release formatted on letterhead that had... I mean, that was my entire yeah. job for it, a fucking year. The jobs it that people miserable. think are glamorous now, they really weren't glamorous 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and then the world changed all of that, right? And so for me, I'm lucky that these revolutionary moments in... in you know, business culture didn't happen for another five years because it made me reevaluate what I wanted to do with my life. So I was like, rather than go be a cubicle warrior at 22 and stay in Ohio, I was like, let me just try to do this hobby thing. And then the hobby thing kept getting uh, better and better. And then I ended Where up... Where did you move from Ohio? I moved I moved to New York. But I, so I, I used DJing. I went to grad school, got an MBA. Never thought I was going to um, be a DJ for like, for real, but it was like buying time. And then by this, where, where I'm really fortunate and it's just like... God's timing because it's much better than my timing. When I when I finished all of that, it was like 2004, 2005. Now DJing is cooler. DJing is much more pop culture. Business culture is cooler. The rise of the, the Gary V's and all of that are starting. Yeah. You like, have like, those. You know, it's all, like the way I look at poker. Was like the golf. The guys used to play golf. That was the sort of networky thing. And now that's transitioned to poker, which I'm all for. It's more inclusive. We can have sort of. It's just like a groover. You have CEOs and pop culture people, and they're all sitting around a poker table together, DJing. That turned into like you have the tech CEOs now get it. The finance guys right. get Everybody it. Everybody caught up to it, and yeah. then so that I was just in this beautiful spot where like my whole career was firing on all cylinders from the business side to my brain to the culture side to my talent. And so I put all those eggs in one basket, moved to New York and try to combine them and it worked. What's the biggest audience that you can think of? I mean, I know it's different from a DJ perspective, but yeah, like how is it's got to be different from playing it for like 10 people to playing it for ten, like a thousand. Yeah. People. You know, I was having a conversation with somebody about this last night because as a DJ, right? He um, DJed last night, the opening of the Future Proof Festival. It was like, amazing. 
but it was chill though you know and so like as a dj there's like there's two ways you could you could do it right They're, that are that are both equally important to me and it's just like it's almost like it's almost like dating or relationship in that like when you have one you want the other but then when you're with the other you wish you had the first one and so for me it's like <laughs> like every I'm, relationship like every relationship yeah and so when i'm playing a party where it's more chill and it's more intimate and it's not a dancey environment at all and it's just more like just a vibe like last night's intro reception or, or th a lot of things that i do for brands it's very fun for me creatively because i could play anything and everything and it doesn't have to make sense like from a bpm perspective or from like even like a thematic perspective so i could play like a new pop song i could play a song from the roots i could play an al green song i could play a foo fighter song and then i could play like a mellow katranada song all in a row make it make sense and it's just all like creating a vibe right if i'm playing for like you know, a, a raging dance environment, or if I'm playing for like thousands of people, like on a beach, or if I'm playing like a, a mega club or something like that, you can't really take as many of those creative risks because those don't make sense when you're trying to keep people dancing. You have to like the song you play before and after has to make sense tempo wise, energetically, because if right. you zig too, I mean, you could, you have a little bit of leeway in that, but if you zig too far to the left or to the right, you're going to lose your dance floor and, and, and you're going to lose the energy of what you're trying to build. The flip side of that, from a creative standpoint is that you where you whereas you get that energy back and you get that it's almost like why athletes are going to enjoy shooting that free throw much more like within a packed arena versus like you know practicing just, just it in themselves. the gym right yeah because you get that energy, that energy the and adrenaline it, and, it, and it takes you to a whole other level but like from a creative music standpoint it's not the same as so like when i'm playing like the the more quality music i get i love it for like the beginning of it and then i'm just like fuck i'm bored because like i want like to feel that even though yeah, i'm yeah, loving yeah. the songs i'm playing i can't get that other thing and then when i'm doing the other thing and people are ha like rocking out and having a great time i'm just like jesus christ the, how many times do i got to play this song or like oh is this song over like you okay know? So, just so, it's, it's, but so thankfully i get to do both okay that really helps now just for us that we won't tell anybody but what is the one song or like that you just can't when somebody's like please play it and you're like fuck i can't deal with this again is there one that comes to mind maybe it's an old like there's got to be like i know there's a song that will drive me nuts if i hear it at a um there's a few um i don't like you know i don't like lizzo <gasps> what I'm guys sure, sure we have controversy here i'm sure she's amazing as a person just, just, is it just because of the TikTok, the Balenciaga, whatever? It's just, it got it too just much. It just feels like it just it's, burned out. It's funny to me, and okay. I, she's I respect her talent and her fashion. FYI, I do love Lizzo. I'm a Lizzo girl, but I was just told today, I by just, the way, a very good friend of mine, Amina, said, um, speaking of like, I'm obsessed with Harry Styles. I talk about it in the newsletter. I refer to him this week as my boyfriend, and she's like, I am stunned that you are a Harry Styles person when you had Chris Pine right there. But she's like, I am convinced. That Harry Styles is the Gen Z's Justin Timberlake, and that in ten years that whole generation will turn on Harry Styles. I'm gonna, so I'll tell you a different song because it's a better story. There's a song that some of you may know, some of you might not know, called "The Wobble." The and Wobble. I, and, I, and I just, I really, they know I the really, audience I really, knows the Wobble. I really dislike that song, and so like years ago when I would have to play, I'd have to play it rarely, like once a year or something like that. And when I would have to play it, who plays? Who's the Wobble by? 
I don't. I, we don't even know. Vic, v, something. I think I don't know. I forget it. But so my point is, I would delete the file because I was. It would be like my version of like breaking the record on my knee and throwing. It, it was like my moment of like rebellion. <laughs> and then, and then a year later, I'd have to DJ something again, and I'd have to play it for some random reason, and I'd have to go like buy that shit again, and it'd be like another dollar twenty nine. And then like five years of this, now I'm at like I don't know, like eight bucks, and I'm like I keep. I've I've given this guy eight dollars of my money, and I don't like the song, so I was like maybe I should just keep the song and swallow it go and just like play it my once a year but it was just funny me trying to be like you know rebellious on the song ended up costing me money I love it yeah I've never heard of it I'm gonna listen you've heard to it. it you've heard it it's, so, it's a fine it's a perfectly fine song the song that gets under mixed skin it just gets under my nerves because I was like wobble. people like wobbling on the dance floor. oh weird. yeah but that's annoying like when they all start doing the same thing I can only imagine I mean, I guess in a more global hierarchy, I hate line dance songs. Okay. Because any song that has a pre-arranged situation that, yeah. of what you're supposed to do, that's with the exception of maybe weddings. like Before I Let Go, because that's a classic, I, I exclude that. I move that into a different category, either the Frankie Beverly or the Beyonce version, because they're both excellent. But like everything else is like, like my son now is like, I don't know, it must have been in some like Disney movie, but he's singing like the... Um, Ha, two times, you know, reverse, reverse, whatever. What is that? The Casper slide or cha-cha slide or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. just like, yo, you're grounded. Stop. You're just, gra- stop. <laughs> stop right now. And he, now he fucks with me. Just to do yeah, it? Yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. He just, that's he, that he just, seven-year-old. He, he just walks in the house and he just sings that. And I'm just like, vegetables for dinner, bro. Oh, you're eating broccoli. Let's go. That's so funny. Um, well, you read the newsletter. I mean, Mick and I, now that we've, we've met finally in real life last night, He's, we're now best friends. And so he actually did the did me a solid and read the newsletter today for the first it's time. It's the greatest newsletter I've ever read in my entire <laughs> life. I'm sitting in the hotel lobby and I'm just like, you know, <laughs> trying to like, I'm like, I better read this shit before I walk across the street. <laughs> and I'm cracking up and I'm laughing and I'm just laughing out loud. And I'm texting her like, you have me looking like a fucking moron in this lobby because everybody's looking at me like, why is he looking at his phone laughing? And it's like, you're the way she writes Obviously, the people listening to this know this, but like for you out in the, 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 the live audience, like the way she writes is genius. And she's not going to tell you that, but I, I'm going to tell you that because like how she writes is like she's really funny in real life. But the way she translates that into like the written word is like next level. And then I was telling her as a DJ, like my brain thinks very uh curationally curatory whatever the word would be of how connecting dots works because that's how i format my music and the way she writes she'll say something on like the third sentence of the newsletter that that like references something that's going to come 20 minutes later at the end of like four thousand words and i'm just like (laughs) how the fuck do you do that like it's so incredible and i asked her like do you have like this big spreadsheet or this whole like you know like some figma like you know situation going on and she has a notes app but like 10 bullet points and that's the whole thing (laughs) And I'm just like, that's crazy to me because it's very easy for me to do that using other people's music and other people's ideas. But she does it all from your ideas. And, and, and it's just it's one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. I'm Wow. Um, I will listen to this podcast over and over again for the rest of my life when I'm feeling low. So thank you, Mick. This week was a particular one and uh, because I'd taken two weeks off. And as much as I love all of you, I still would love to be topless in Mallorca reading my book. We're on a beach right now. I know. It's just any day. I'll get arrested in Huntington Beach, apparently. But um, I took a MAGA hat on you, man. You'll be okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> it is MAGA country. We are living in a fucking simulation. I'm just going to be very, very real about that. Um, but this week was a big one because I took two weeks off. But I'm going to tell you as much as the queen died and we went through some of those memes, some of the mean ones, some of the funny ones. My favorite one was when they turned Buckingham Palace into the um, Halloween store. Because, yeah. you know, every big space in New York or anywhere when they lose a lease that it becomes like the Halloween yeah. store. <laughs> so that was really funny. That was the Buckingham Palace one. But really, I cannot tell you how many people I have someone in the audience who asked me last night. But there are so many people I've got dozens. Dozens and dozens and dozens to break down what was happening in this drama with the movie that was directed by Olivia Wilde and starring Olivia Wilde, but starring Harry Styles, Florence Pugh, Chris Pine, Shia Le, is it LaBeouf? LaBeouf? Is I don't Florence know. related to Charlie? No, it's Puth and Pugh. Oh, really? Yeah, so Pugh. See, that's why I need to read your Yeah, name. there you go. There are two different people. Are you they, a Charlie like, fan? Aren't they pronounced the same? Pugh. Yeah, maybe he's Puth. I don't know. But she goes by Miss Flo. If anybody wants to know Florence Pugh, she goes by Miss Flo. That's how we call her. It's whatever. There are so many layers to this story. This story is just, but the big one, the pinnacle was the, did Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine? And it's like, it became such a meme that like Harry had to address it at a concert and Chris's people had to put out a statement. And the fact is like, it's pretty clear he did something, but it looks like they're like this George Clooney, Brad Pitt duo that seems to have fun with each other. I don't understand. I think like, it was for fun and I think they were just messing with each other. Yeah, that's what I think. They're probably as, high as fuck, you guys. I mean, if Chris Pine was not tripping on, he's on Molly or LSD, I don't know what was happening, but they were definitely on another level. I want to be there. Just think about this. If you are sitting somewhere and someone comes and spits on you, you're going to, at minimum, stand up and yeah. confront that person in some way, shape, or form. Maybe you don't get into like a fist fight at the front row of a premiere of a fashion show or whatever Well, it was. because it's Will but Smith like, moment there. Right, yeah, I mean, you don't need to go full on <laughs> Bel Air. Right. But, but like, I, just as, a, as, a, as an adult human, like, you, if someone spits on you intentionally, like, you're going to just be like, you can't. So for him. So that's how I knew it was more like. Yeah. It's like less, less, you know, invasive than than the world thought, because nobody's just going to sit there and take that. Because if you are just going to sit there and take that, if someone spits on you, the issue is not with Harry Styles spitting on you. Right. The issue is with you receiving that spit so cordially. Right. Well, I'm going to try out. Which is a whole out, other sack of worms. I'm going to try out a theory on people here and I want your thoughts, but. The, the world is turned on Olivia Wilde in a way that I've never seen. Every single person, the texts I got today were, Olivia Wilde is, is evil. Now, Olivia Wilde is the girlfriend now of Harry Styles. She used to be in Are a... Are they still together? Well, we don't know. It's don't a question. Know. But she was in a relationship for a long time with Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis. They have kids. There's some drama whether she left him for Harry Styles. But the thing is, Harry Styles is 10 years younger than Olivia Wilde. Who else is younger than their spouse or partner? Priyanka Chopra, who's with a Jonas brother. Jonas brother. Sam Taylor Johnson, a director, is with Aaron Taylor Johnson, married for more than 10 years now. They have a 22-year age difference. Wow. These women, though, it's like the society is programmed to make them evil. I really do believe that you as an, a woman 
being an older woman with a younger man, all of a sudden, like, I cannot tell you, Olivia Wilde was beloved. People were like, she's such a cool girl. She's bohemian. We love her. And then all of a sudden, when she was with a younger guy, TikTok calls her grandma. Everybody is like, the guys I know are like, she's got some sort of magic spell. She's shooting lightning bolts out of her eyes. I have to look at what is the common thread? Why do people turn? Priyanka Chopra, same thing. Everybody started going after her. She's much Maybe older. they're going to ultimately change the narrative, though, so you guys could do what we've all been doing for right, thousands right, of women, years. Women, we should my, be allowed to date or marry younger men and me. not be considered, like, you know, crazy about it. Yeah. Bitches, horrible. It's yeah. so interesting. Yeah, when I married my wife, everyone was just like, great job, dude. Because she's younger than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, exactly. Congratulations. Now, if you married a woman who was 10 years older than you, people who are 15 years older than you, people would be like, what? But I totally would have, like, if, if, I, if I had found that person. That's why we love Mick, guys. This is where it's happening. We're changing the paradigm at Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. Yeah. Okay, moving. Did, is anybody here, did you guys hear the corn song? Did this enter into your world? It's corn. Did you see it play out? I, the- I saw it, like, at the beginning of it. I haven't seen the full manifestation So there is this little kid, there. adorable. He had done an interview, and it was at some, like, state fair or something. And somebody, and he's eating corn on a stick, and he's like, I love corn. Corn's, like, the fucking best. He's like, oh, he gets really excited about corn. And then he's like, imagine it with butter. It's even, oh, my God. And somebody on TikTok, a musician, turned it into a song and auto-tuned it. And it has become, and it's like, corn, it's the greatest thing. What do you like about corn? It's corn. A big block of knobs. It has a juice. It's turned into a, um, like everybody who has children under the age of, like, I'm surprised Miles hasn't started singing it, but will. And they are just, it's, it's commandeering the uh, socials right now. And somebody made a funny meme. They're like, they're, they're like, me, they're playing the song and the guy's crying, the, the creator. And he says, because I know I'm going to have to explain this to all my friends on Instagram because nobody's on TikTok, that they'll find out about the corn song in three more months when a reel goes out because everybody's like a three-month delay from when something breaks on TikTok to when it goes to Instagram and to, to the That's olds, funny. if you will. But a corn, this like song, there are other songs that become viral. Mm-hmm. From TikTok, like something that's happened. There was that, the other one where it's the, I'm jiggle jiggle. Right. You know, that one went viral. Um, with Can I tell you my thoughts on well, that? Yeah, as I wanted that to exactly, Well, you beat me to it. I, I, I want to tell you, I have a random um, Olivia Wilde story. Um, oh. Not like that, but like. Scandalous. It's like the most innocent story in the world. Um, but my, I actually, as a DJ, it's kind of interesting. And maybe it's also because the, the demo that I play for tend to be like 25 and up. I'm not playing for like, like the youth youth, you know, is that I actually ignore all the TikTok songs that break. I try to be like aware of them just for conversational purposes. But from like a musical perspective, never once has anyone in any audience I've ever played for come up to me and requested a, a song that was really, really popular on on TikTok in a party environment or in a any sort of environment where I'm DJing. And I think for me, it's just like, it's almost just like how you interpret music or ingratiate yourself to music in any way. Like 
will it last like the test of time? If it could last three months or four months or five months or six months, then I think it's something that like will obviously be making it perpetually into like sets of, of what, what DJs are playing. But for me, I've always kind of felt like, you know, just because like a song, for example, would like what would be the example just before TikTok? Like if a song was in a TV commercial or something for, for like the Super Bowl and everybody's talking about that song Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, do you think every DJ is going to rush to put that, that in their crates? Some Thursday, will. Friday, the creator Saturday. ones will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm talking like pre- prior to, like, yeah, yeah, to TikTok. Yeah. Like, no, because like ultimately, like a lot of that stuff isn't going to change, like, you know, last the test of time, especially with a new song of, I was going to say of the week, but it's really almost like a song of the day. And so from that perspective, like I just try to I put a built in like gap like a built in buffer and then whatever like ultimately like that rises to the top that's those are the songs that I start to like work into my sets that's so interesting so you you give it a minute and you yeah. let it because I would say probably 99.9% of them do disappear exactly. they don't have the legs is there one that you can think of that was like starting as like a viral song but then stuck with it Oh, you know what's actually interesting is like for me, and we were talking a little bit about this before, the thing that I think is interesting is when that reverse engineers and a classic song from a long time ago gets resurfaced on TikTok. AKA Kate Bush, which is the song that if any of you guys know, I don't remember the title of the song. Do you remember? I I don't remember. Yeah, I will. But there was the Fleetwood Mac song too. Fleetwood Mac with the guy started on the skateboard and then the the Kate Bush song is still number one one, or on the top 10 charts. Like it's wild. It started on Stranger Things. They used it in the setting on Stranger Things and then TikTok took it and went wild with it. And Kate Bush, who hasn't had a, a hit that since... happened with the Metallica song too, right? On one of those shows where like they, they used it at the end of one of the TV shows. Oh, yeah. I forget. I, it might have been Stranger Things. But. Yeah, it might have been. So you, that's the reverse engineering. Yeah. Like I think that's song. fascinating too. Like it's like the exact... It's like the mirror image of what I just said. It's like if something else can like... It's the upside down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it is cool. I like when a classic song like that is reintroduced and then the Gen Z are like, ooh, I love this new song. And you're like, it's Kate Bush. She lives in a castle in Ireland and she's been a, the in the hits in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> so they think it's their new song, but it's like, oh, no, no, we're here again. But they're being introduced to old music. But you know what? Way. I never thought about this. That's not too different than, I guess, how I felt in the 90s and early 2000s when I would learn about old music from sampling. Because, like, you know, people don't sample nearly as much anymore for, like, rights issues and legal issues. But, like, in, like, the prime golden era of of hip-hop and really pop music for that matter, too, everything had multiple samples to the point that you couldn't even clear them all. And I would never have been able to learn about P-Funk and, like, all these, like, legendary groups that weren't played in my household if if I didn't look at, like, at the time the liner notes and then go back and try to, like, research, like, so I got my whole knowledge of music, really, from, like, sampling, researching the samplings and going back. But, like, it was more fun for me to know the stuff that, like, my parents didn't know. Or yeah. to know the stuff that like wasn't the, the popular thing. So I, I, I can relate to that, that mindset because that's, that's just a new version of, of what we all did as kids too. Well, since we're here at Future Proof, which by the way, I have to give it to these guys. I mean, this is an inaugural festival and it is unfucking believable I think everybody who's listening to this This podcast, does not feel inaugural. This it feels, does not feel inaugural. It feels like it's, I mean, my only concern is that next year when they have it, the lines to the food trucks will be so terrible. We're going to have to go and get our own food. But right now, it is very hot. It is very sunny. We've taken over 
all of Huntington Beach, the beachfront. There are food trucks. There are like different, I don't know, activations, amazing different stages. We're hearing all these people talk. We're at this. It's future proof. It's around fintech and we got a shout out downtown Josh Brown. Downtown Josh Brown is like a magic maker, and the advisor circle has put this on. Incredible. But I want to talk a little. Obviously, a big topic here is crypto, NFTs. Where is it going? What What are your thoughts? You're obviously advising companies around stuff like this. You're investing in companies that, I mean, you know, your list of investments are going to be, I can't wait for your private plane. And then you and I can fly around the country together. Um, I, um, that'll happen. My, my Delta Comfort Plus. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my private, that's my private plane. plane. JetBlue, yeah. guys. But what are your thoughts? And like, especially NFTs and music. Somebody on the stage earlier was talking about that's going to be the future in terms of all of our assets are going to be NFTs and music and digital rights around that. I mean, it ultimately is definitely going to be the future. I don't think that we've reached the point where what the end result of how that product is going to look is anywhere near where we're going to be. Like, and so I think we're in the very, very early, early stages early of that, obviously, stage. almost like when you think about when streaming first came out and it was just like, well, how does this really work? Can I play this? Oh, this doesn't work on the speaker. It only works on my phone or maybe it doesn't work. And like, we're still people are still like streaming just to like download stuff. And like not everything was like available. And like, even before streaming with iTunes only. And then it was it was, it was everybody knew where it was going. But right. the, but the end result and the, the way we accessed it and that user accessibility and this the global reach of ease for every human right was not available when it started versus like where it is now right You're and the speed of which I mean for some of you guys if you haven't read the news hour let me give you a little we talked about this last night so um, I feel like it, we to bring it to the broader audience when I started in tech. You, we were we and then music started and that was the iPod and you could download music. It wasn't streamed. You were literally taking that song and you were ripping it onto your iPod. And then Napster happened and Napster was the main like literally every artist. I was dating a famous musician at the time, so I was in these conversations. Metallica, REM, all of them were like freaking out, trying to fight Napster. And I'll never forget. This is, you know, so then you had the iPod, you had music, but you had Napster, which was stealing. I mean, it was. There were people were getting music for free and the artists weren't being paid. There was a problem. But it was Bono who I, you know, I know that some people are like, oh, it's Bono. And they did that whole thing with the iPod. I'm going to give like credit where credit is due. Bono pulled me aside and this was you know, right at the height of Napster. And he knew all of his peers were anti-Napster and he wasn't for Napster by any way, but he's like, this is the future. This is the genies out of the fucking bottle. This is how music is going to be listened to, how people are going to obtain music. And Bono was like, how do I get us involved with that? And hence, you saw the future unfold with U2 and, and Apple, and that was the story was done. But right. the fact is that the speed of which we started, like we're talking, you know, early 2000s, like, so you're talking 22 years, the span of going from not being able to imagine what streaming is to not thinking it was going to be here forever. So that's the way, that's the only way people listen right. to music. And this now. timeline is going to be rapidly much, condensed. It's much gonna, more it condensed. might not even be five years, it might be two to three years. But like, by the time for the mass adoption of that, it's absolutely in route and it's absolutely inbound and, it, and it's coming. I'm just really curious ultimately what it looks like because your aunt that lives in Iowa is not going to be downloading like a MetaMask account and like, like remember, like there just, there has to be like a different way to do it. And I mean, people are obviously working on this stuff like left and right. And there's obviously multiple ways you can get onboarded into this space. I think it's going to be like 
a, a Spotify or somebody like that that's just going to start offering that as something built in within the app, similar to how they grew the podcast industry crazy by starting, like, you know, prioritizing that equally with music and, and things like that. I think that when somebody who's like the respected name or like the household name in that space does it, then everyone's going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I just, but again, like it was the Google guys that said like long, long ago, the speed of which like every year, the speed of things that are being adopted technology wise or whatnot, like it's condensed more and more and more. Right. Yeah. So what used to take three years now will take three months. And I think that's where we're at. It's going to be awesome. Like when that moment happens, whether it's when we get off the stage or it's like <laughs> in a year from now, it's happening right it's now. It's going to be incredible. And I'm really excited to see Why? It. What do you think is going to be incredible about that for well, you personally? Why? Will that be incredible? I mean, I just think it'll be incredible to, like, first of all, acknowledge the rate of adoption of something that was like so foreign to people a year or two ago yeah. that didn't even exist. I just think that's a enormous thing for mankind in general to right. like, be able to move culture forward at that speed and velocity. But I just also think it's really interesting if, if you are an artist that's figured out how to capitalize in that space, and now you can do it in a way that's accessible to everybody, not just somebody that had to you know, spend 20 hours researching how to do it. I just think what that can do for your potential bottom line as an artist or your potential like awareness and then cultivating real relationships with your fans right. would be really, really fascinating because it's, just, it's a built-in fan club. In, in every way. And imagine if your newsletter was also like doing something like this, like, right? You know, I know we need to figure that out. And I, I will say it's interesting, you know, as all good things start in tech, usually porn, right? There's porn and then there's music. I think those two are usually the indicators of trends. Like they really do. Like the sex industry will have, have were the ones that figured out streaming and figured out video and all of that. They, they modernized before the rest of the world did. And music too. And I think those are the things that are leading in this new world. It's interesting. For those of you listeners to the pod, I always sort of wrap it up by asking my guest my favorite topic, and it's a take on fuck, marry, kill, but we're trying to be ladylike here. So we say make out, marry, or mute. And it could be a fictional person, an idea. It could be real. Obviously, he's married and in love with this. It's not meant to be like, oh, I have a crush on someone. Just the idea. So maybe I can start and give you like inspo of what who I... Yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. Make out, marry, mute. So I, I am so boring, but I will continue on my quest of making out with Harry Styles. It will happen. It will. There is a lot of sidebar conversations because there's other members. Does of he know band. your age? He does. In fact, I, I know one of his bandmates quite well. They were at Goldeneye on my 40th birthday, which was many years ago. Um, so I had the delightful 40th birthday with some of the members of One Direction. So they, they were well aware of my age. So, so um, there you go. You're um, yeah. So there's that. And I'm not going to say more. Then Mary, I honestly think... You're I, fucking hilarious. <laughs> What happens at GoldenEye stays at GoldenEye. It's Jamaica. Everybody should go. It's the greatest place in the world. I would actually marry. I think I'm really into like this, the tripping, like Chris Pine, Pinecone, as my friends call him, on LSD or whatever it is, where he's just like rolling his eyes back and staring off. I would just like to marry. I think that seems fun. So you could just fun. get in bed every night and just spit on him. And yeah, just like, yeah, just like. he. And you know his dad, which a lot of people didn't know. I put it in the newsletter. For anybody my generation or older, his dad was the, was on chips. The, he I didn't was, know that until I saw that. Yeah, not 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 the cops. Uh, he was the motorcycle, like the sergeant. And that's his dad, who's a really famous actor and director and writer and of his own. 
Um, so I would marry Chris Pinecone, and then I would mute. I would mute all this like like Olivia versus Flo, like our society constantly pitting women against each other, and like there has to be drama and there has to be scandal, and like women can't all get along, or like maybe it's ageism, whatever it is. I would mute that shit immediately. Like done. I want everybody to get along, and if they don't, it's nobody's fucking business. That's my that's my three. How about you? Have you thought about it? We talked about this last night. We did talk so about it. So I did give Mick warning. She like springs this shit on me at like one <laughs> o'clock in like that lobby, right? It was quite late. Just, we had a late dinner. Uh, so I'm going to go, which was, what's the first one? Make out. Make out. I'm going to go, I'm going to go very historical on this one. Oh, I'm, wow. I love it. Yeah, I'm going to go back in time to like. The, Paint my, the picture. Yeah, yeah. My, I think the first time I had like a celebrity crush, I'm going to just, I'm just going to go retro with it was probably like well while I was learning to like DJ and, and, and all of that. So I believe it was it was like that two thousand it was like no, it was like that ninety four and I guess I was younger, so I would have been like the Harry Styles to this person at the oh, time. But it was like tell, look, it was like, like ninety three, ninety four Janet. Like when she had uh, like that's the way love goes. And if you go Jackson. back like two years, you get like uh, that love will never do video when she was like on the beach and she did that thing that all women do on the beach where they they lean forward and like like it just looks incredible. And then they, <laughs> and then like you go to dinner with them and like nobody eats like that. But it's just like uh, but, 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 but but I was God, I was fifteen and I was just like. <sighs> This beach my grandma takes me to, this shit does not happen. I'm just going to watch <laughs> this video over and over and over again. And so that was, I believe, probably my first, like, celebrity crush. And it's just like... Janet Jackson. Yeah, I, from that I mean, moment. Yeah, so that... I've, I think she's a lot of people's celebrity yeah. crush to this I don't day. think I've ever said that interview, too. So there you go. And then... Breaking news, guys. Uh, and then... Um, Mary. Mary. Obviously, you're married yeah, to Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to just... Newlywed. We're, we're still really newly married. So, like, I'm going to just shout Say out her. Carolyn because she's incredible. And she's going to, like, listen and be like... She, she'd be like, why the fuck did you list me? Why didn't you know? And just like... <laughs> because she, she truly changed my life and my son's life in... There's not a there's not a number that counts the way she changed our life, so uh, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, I <laughs> she's incredible. The best. I love this and, answer. It's and perfect. Muting. I didn't have an answer for this, but you know what I'm going to say? Actually, I'm going to continue my thread from earlier, trying to be like your, Talk your newsletter. Talk about looping threads. I like it. And I'm it. just going to like take my two decade hatred for the wobble and just. Throw it out. We're gonna. You're muting the gonna, We're gonna mute the waffle all these Vic, years later. You are muted. He's, he's been muted to me forever, so I'm just gonna be like. And I'm sure he's a great guy, but like that song will be perpetually muted. And I didn't what have an answer. What era is this song? No, what was it like? Ten years ago? Who knows? I don't like, even know. Like, it, it was probably like ten years ago, maybe ish. You know, like it's like eras are so much different now because movie, music moves faster. What, sometimes something I think was ten years ago, it was like four years ago because right. stuff comes at you so much, you know, faster. And so, right. yeah, but anyways, I'm sure. And I'll, I'll go buy the song again anyways. But, uh, <laughs> You're going to hear from Vic because obviously this podcast is going to go far and wide. And he's gonna be like, dude, come he's on. He's probably an amazing dude and an amazing talent. But so how, last question for you. How, because you are a prolific DJ. It's like Mick was here. Mick was there. I'm seeing you in all these different, I'm, again, public.com ads on, on taxis. How many days a year do you travel? It's ramping up back to like normalcy for now me that now. COVID like, is yeah, yes, it's been a it's been a it's been like a, a slow ramp back to like like 2019 levels for me. But it could it's very different. It could be like this. These two weeks are crazy for me. Where was I? I was I was like I was in three different hotels on Saturday, which was wild. 
and I'm going to like France Wednesday because I have to do um, actually a wedding in France. I love doing weddings, by the way. Really? For, yeah, I love doing weddings. It's, it's, you know, there's that adage where rock stars are like, I, you know, I don't do weddings or bar mitzvahs. Oh, but then Johnny Depp just did the VMAs, or I think it was the VMAs, and he came down, which was shocking. But he was like, I'm also available for weddings and bar mitzvahs. Dude, and then I love DJ. I, by the way, a couple very famous bands who say they don't do weddings, I they've been wedding bands at friends weddings so Man, my favorite it. gigs of the year are always a great wedding because it's like a, a great wedding with a great bride and groom in a great environment with the right friends and families and, and specifically if you have like a great location and room there's so many metrics that go into it it's beautiful, man. Like, it's just like, I, I love it. You know, obviously I can't do all the weddings that come inbound to me because right. I have to like, but I have to choose I, when it, when it makes sense, I will do it. And I, and I, and I do more wedding. I've done more weddings post pandemic than I probably really? did in my entire career pre pandemic. I've gone wow. to more weddings post-pandemic. Yeah, They're just, money. like, coming I, at I you. I love it. Hot. So, like, you, I just did a wedding in Italy last month. We're doing one in, in Cannes. Oh, my God. Can I be it's your just PA? Like, it's just, yeah, Please? you, you got to talk to Carolyn. I, yeah. I, will, I will volunteer. Wait, did any of you guys see the Wedding Planner classic rom-com? I'm a huge rom-com fan. J-Lo, and then she falls in love with Matthew McConaughey. He's the groom. It's sort of like a Wedding Planner no-no. But she was, like... Very, she's like, there's always a song. There's a song that determines whether the marriage is going to last or not. Like the wedding song. Do you have one where you're like, oh, no, guy, you can't play this song. This can't be your first dance song. I, or is there one that you absolutely love? That's I, I, I suggest a lot to couples in that regard. And okay. give them, oh, good. Give them, give them, them guidance. Give them thoughts. Yeah. And like, you know, sometimes they take it. Sometimes they don't. Like what if would I you guide somebody into it, like a first? If I, can, I mean, if I can't as one of your first five songs play... Outcasting UGK International Players Anthem at your wedding, then I don't. Then it, you're then in the wrong wedding. Probably, I'm at the wrong wedding. <laughs> like that's just like, and it doesn't matter your age or, or your or your race or, or whatever. Like that song has been. It's a 20 year song now. It's become a classic song that fits in everybody's wedding. And if it doesn't fit, I will make it fit. I have a version of it where somebody put it over like George Michael, like Careless Whisper. I have a I have a zillion. I will make that song work at your wedding. But it's just like that to me is like. The perfect. If I had an actual wedding from us and we didn't, we did, we eloped. But like, I would have played that at my wedding. Oh my you know, God. like that to me. I is just like, want to get married now, just for just to have Mick play. That's it. I need to find a husband, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, who who, who hears who hears in their early thirties? Yeah, yeah, early thirties, my type. Yeah, but I uh, I love this and. We'll have in our show notes all the ways you can find Mick on all the socials. I could sit here for hours. I know we're yeah, we melting. Need to, we, need to, we need to do like more things. Yeah, we'll do. Really we're going to do more things together. Thank you for having me like on, on this. Like, I, so having never met her in person. And but so, we've talked so yeah, much via So like yesterday, like she lives up to the hype times 10. It's really incredible. Like buy her one of those free coffees if you see her like walking around <laughs> and get 30 seconds next to her because it's just it's, it's, it's fascinating and it's endearing and everybody should be your friend. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. I need more friends. I do. I'm, I'm antisocial, believe it or not, in many ways. Well, thank you. This is it. My yep. job is done. Your job is done. Can I, can I make you a playlist to send out when this goes out? Oh my God. Like an add on. I thing? would die for it. And we'll just put, um, it, put it in the show, show notes or yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't, no, no wobble, no Lizzo, it. but lots of outcast. And you we can't play music unless somebody really, really with a big deep pockets buys my podcast and then buys the rights to songs that I can play, which by the way, entirely possible. If somebody wants to pay a lot of money, they can buy me. Or we'll just put a clickable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you could buy her. 
And if they buy it because of this episode and you meant that, yeah, you get a cut. I get a cut. You get a cut. Always fair. Always fair. Well, thank you guys. This was really, this is our first live recorded pod. And as always, David, somewhere in the ether, my producer is going to be like, what the fuck is this live stuff happening? He's going to edit it. Why is there a fan right here blowing on our microphone? I know. (laughs) And blowing my skirt up. So sorry about that. But thank you. And with that, we will have Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays next week as well. So talk soon. Bye.